Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and only regular weekly legal podcast. My name is Tim Elliott. Logical is recorded at the Dubai-based legal firm HPL Yamalaba and Plethka Alizeba. The managing partner is Ludmilla Yamalaba. It is nice to see you. And great to be here with you, Tim, as always. Now, at this time, we're broadly discussing property registration, but we're going to take a particular angle, I guess, a particular case, and we'll change the names to protect the innocent, as it were. Uh, that's <laughs> or our less innocent. Or, or the not-so-innocent. Um, can I start with a very simple assertion? The only way you may own a property uh, in the UAE is if it is registered in the land registry, and that is final. A property's registration in the land registry is considered undisputed evidence of property ownership. That is the case. Correct. So to own property legally in the UAE, one, and two, for that interest to be protected, uh, it needs to be registered with the relevant authorities and in your specific name or in a name, for example, of a legal entity that is owned by you, if that's your property. Uh, so the two ways of basically owning either directly in your own name, um, solely or jointly with someone, uh, or through a legal entity, and it could be um, a company that's, if, if in fact, if the company, if the property is based in the UAE, the company also has to be registered here. There was a time when you could, for example, have a BVI or an offshore entity elsewhere, and then that entity would directly own property in the, in the UAE. That's uh, been disallowed many, many years ago. So now if you wanted to own property in the UAE other than in your own personal name, then yes, yeah, it um, it has to be owned through a company that is based here. And it could be, for example, JAFSA Offshore. It could be any other entity in the UAE uh, that would own your uh, property interest here. So that's the way, the only legal way of owning property here. One and two, that same interest has to be registered at the relevant land registry. Mm. Uh, and in the UAE, which is a country of seven emirates, every emirate has its own authority to regulate real estate um, matters and real estate market, including their property registration. And so every emirate has its own dedicated land registry in which it and keeps track of all the registrations and ownerships and all the transfers of, of property, a real, a real uh, property interest. So, for example, perhaps Dubai is one of the more developed uh, specifically for land registry emirate in terms of uh, having dedicated uh, authorities that oversee or manage land registry. So, for example, in Dubai, we have what's called the Dubai Land Department, uh, and uh, or and also under, under it sits the uh, real estate regulatory uh, agency, which is RERA. So it's basically a separate authority where the Dubai Land Department, in particular, where all property interests are registered. In Abu Dhabi, for example, that's managed by Abu Dhabi municipality. So we have in Dubai, we have Dubai municipality that manages sort of municipality related matters. And then anything related to property interests is part of a different authority, which is the Dubai Land Department. In Abu Dhabi, it's just the Abu Dhabi uh, municipality. And from what we know in other emirates, it's also very similar to Abu Dhabi. It's more governed by the same sort of existing entities like municipality, for example. Uh, so in Dubai, it's just the, it's the just Dubai Land Department. So, and so, in, so one, you have to have the property being your name, and two, it has to be registered, let's say, with the land department. Uh, and now there are two types of registrations, kind of at a high level. One is um, if the property is 
is fully uh, is fully paid off or is already ready actually then you will have what's called a title deed and that title deed will be registered with the land department and you will receive your title deed um, that is issued by the land department in short and then also but there is also property that is under construction so also that same interest has to be registered with the land department in Dubai and that document is called not the title deed but it's called OCUD or like pre-registration and that OCUD also it lo- almost looks like document wise it almost looks like the title deed is just called OCUD and basically it shows that that particular transfer in, in real estate property has now been registered uh, to your name specifically with the land registry in Dubai and therefore that particular property cannot be resold to someone else because remember we're talking about off-plan property the properties are not um, not finished yet, so you don't have a title deed to it yet. So one way or the other, there is an interest, your interest in property that is registered with the governing authority, uh, and it's official, and that becomes that. Not only is it. Um, the only legal way to own property in the UAE uh, and in Dubai in particular, but also becomes, as you rightfully said, uh, said undisputed evidence uh, that of ownership of property. Okay, so that's the background and that's the situation. Let's take a look at a real life example, a case that I know you're going to share today. We will change names and nationalities, etc. But let's just say that these are two European nationals, expatriates, and they are business partners. And you have a particular, I guess, story to tell. Indeed. And so what this comes down to is what, uh, in other ways, uh, called as nominal ownership, a nom- nominal, yes. um, nominal nominal holding of uh, interest. Uh, well, or in other words, fictitious <laughs> ownership or fictitious, fictitious, uh, registration. And that's because, and this, by the way, is a scheme that has, uh, that perhaps has existed for, uh, you know, eons, uh, and certainly has been fairly prevalent, uh, among certain nationalities, among certain, certain countries for the last several years, in particular as the world has become perhaps uh, a little wealthier and more people have come uh, into um, a lot of money very quickly. Uh, so often people don't want to hold properties, for example, or other interests in their own personal names. So they hold it in somebody else's name. And that uh, this often applies to, for example, government officials who uh, don't want to be seen as having owning of as owning property in particular in, in foreign countries, for example, um, uh, similarly to other assets, you know, cars and uh, um, you know, boats and yachts and, and planes and so on and so forth. So ultimately, there are people for different reasons who don't want to have certain interests be registered directly in their name. Uh, and they could be, as I said, politicians. They could be people who are just wealthy businessmen or people who even, who have just inherited money. But ultimately it comes down to people with money because if you don't have money, you don't have these kinds of problems. Uh, so I guess that's a, that's a silver lining to those of us who don't have this kind of money is that, you know, we have fewer problems to deal with. More money, more um, problems of Miller. It's indeed, an old adage. Indeed, indeed. Mm. Exactly. So, uh, so basically, so those people who ultimately have money and either because of tax considerations, uh, or even in cases um, of inheritance purposes or divorces or some other kind of disputes, perhaps legal disputes that they're afraid that they may be subject to. There is a number, or there's a list of consideration, considerations of uh, why people might not want to hold certain interests in their personal names. 
And um, UAE is no exception. There have been a lot of, obviously, it's attracted over the years, it's attracted a lot of people with money. And um, and it's been easy for expats in particular to own property here, unlike so many other countries where you expect expats cannot necessarily own uh, properties or cannot own companies, for example, directly. Uh, and uh, so UAE, in particular Dubai, has been very welcoming of these kinds of investments. And so you know, with that, obviously comes uh, uh, that that kind of nuance of, you know, how do I own property? And even my my time here, I remember when I started working here, 2008, there were some um, properties that were owned by offshore companies, and they were like Belize and Cayman Islands and BVI. And uh, because that that was at that time, in 2008, remember this, before the financial crisis, that was a very popular way of owning property. And at that time, the Dubai did not regulate that kind of ownership at this level. And so you could own properties in these offshore entities here directly. But the problem became is like, okay, so who actually is the owner of these properties? So who is the ultimate beneficiary? And and if anybody who, uh, who knows how offshore is a structure, there's often there's no ultimate beneficiary that's listed or anything official. It's always through an agent and some representative uh, and management companies and such. Uh, so I remember this is when there was a problem. Authorities here caught on to that issue of not being able to identify who it is that actually can actually sign off. Let's say if you had a property here that was owned in the Belize company, uh, how do I know as an authority here that you, Tim, you can sign off on on transfer of the property if you want to sell it to me? I yeah. don't don't know that. So anyway, long story short, so that is back then that was that practice was uh, was made um, uh, sort of outlawed, um, and um, the authorities required that because of that because they were able they wanted to be able to trace the ownership that all properties in the UAE, in particular Dubai, had to be owned by an entity that's registered here so that they could always tell who the ultimate beneficiary and who the actual um, decision maker is for that property. Uh, so um, so that was basically how uh, kind of the history of why things changed. That being said, still a lot of people uh, like to own properties uh, in somebody else's name. And we recently had a case uh, where, um, and this, by the way, has I've seen before in my years here, but this is kind of a more recent case. And that's why we thought it would be interesting to share it is where, uh, as you said, the two European nationals, um, one basically owned that the property was registered in the name. It was a, is a, is actually a pretty big villa, uh, that was registered in the name of party A. Uh, and, um, you know, let's, let's call Amy. <laughs> and so, so Amy owned property, uh, the property, the name of the property was listed and registered with the land department mm-hmm. in Amy's name directly. But then, uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob said the property was actually his. Uh, so, um, uh, so that's basically, that was kind of the scenario. And he said the property was his because he's the one, let's say, that, that paid for it. And, uh, and then that she, she only held it for him kind of as a nominal owner, as a nominal, uh, shareholder. Uh, and in fact, that he, he was the actual owner. And so, uh, it all sort of worked, uh, as long as uh, things between them worked. Uh, and this, by the way, is a very typical uh, typical arrangement between a lot of couples as well, because you have couples where, uh, let's say, the, you know, the, whoever the, the breadwinner is or the moneymaker is, does not really want that property to be listed directly in his name. Uh, and so then uh, puts it in somebody else's, in his 
maybe significant other or his other half's name uh, for, for that very reason. And so, and then when there is a dispute between them, so all of a sudden, uh, Bob says, hey, Amy, I now, now we're no longer friends. I want the property, transfer the property to me. This is my property. And Amy says, well, no, that's my property. There. So this, there's evidence. I, I have the title deed that is in my name. Uh, so, um, and uh, it was interesting that the, you know, Bob kept saying, uh, no, this is absolutely, we've got this correspondence that shows that basically we kind of made this, had this arrangement, and uh, but the property ultimately sort of belongs to me. Uh, and so uh, for, uh, since parties never met, uh, never met the sort of, not, not, did not uh, agree, did not uh, figure out a compromise, uh, there was no meeting of the minds, in other words, and in the meantime, the property has gone up in value. So all of a sudden, Bob was very upset because uh, he could be now, if he had actually had control over the villa, he could um, um, he could sell it and maybe make three three times, four times the price when the villa from the time that the villa was bought. So uh, he's very angry for all the, those kind of perhaps natural logical reasons, and so. Um, uh, so then Bob brought a case in the, in the Dubai courts and argued that the property, and basically the request was that the property should be transferred back to him because it's his property mm. and that Amy has no right to it. And ultimately the court, uh, the court uh, issued a decision which is quite unequivocal stating that as long as the property was in Amy's name, basically then the property is Amy's. And this is exactly, that's, uh, that's exactly the purpose of this uh, registry. Uh, and that's the purpose of the land department and um, the title deed that is registered with the land department in the, in the, in the person's name, because otherwise it would basically just be rendered meaning, meaningless. Yeah. The whole registry and the whole practice and the whole title deed would be re- rendered meaningless if, uh, if uh, the evidence that the person who is listed in the title deed was ultimately could be challenged. So the court said that unless there is fraud involved, right, unless somehow uh, Amy defrauded Bob into um, into transferring the property in her name, um, then, you know, so the only, the only way to um, perhaps challenge the ownership in this particular case would be to prove fraud. But since there was no fraud, and then the court said that it was undisputed, that the title deed was undisputed evidence of property ownership and that it cannot be challenged. Uh, and um, uh, the court also held that the party is not allowed to own a property outside of the way it, uh, in, in which, it, uh, outside of the way it was registered in the land registry. In other words, you cannot have a side agreement. Uh, to um, to own this property because that ultimately will be not just taking it outside of the registry but also ultimately has the effect of circumventing the law right, right. i mean that's right. and so that's why ultimately so therefore and that's just a general premise of um of perhaps any kind of uh, lawful society is that parties cannot be allowed to contract around the law so i mean you and i can do it and as long as you and i are on the same page okay but in the event we you know, we go our separate ways, uh, challenging it, we, that, that contract, because as long as it's ultimately has the effect of, of acting outside the law or contrary to the law, it will not be enforced. Okay. Uh, so, um, and that, so the court said a few other interesting principles and basically and why, uh, it reasoned that parties are not allowed to own property outside of the sort of the way it's allowed by law says because such actions would contradict the principles of security and insurance. 
uh, and confirmation of property registration, and then also honesty of land registry, which is reflective in their reality and the truth. Um, so, and then therefore, and the court also held that, they, and therefore, in the event there is some kind of a transaction that is um, that sort of attached to this particular property. Uh, then it has to be registered with the authority. For example, if you take a, a mortgage, that mortgage, you know, when you take a mortgage on the property, yes, there's another party that's interested in this, that has interested or interest in the property, right? So in that case, yes, but that, that mortgage also has to be registered with the authority. Uh, and similarly, if you're selling the property or you're transferring part of the uh, interest in your property to meet, that has to be registered with the authority. So, but anything that's not registered is ultimately not deemed to be valid. So Amy is essentially there waving a title deed. It's got her name on it. There is nothing Bob can do. The buck stops with that title deed. Uh, yes. And so, yes. However, there is, as I said, one exception. is Apart from fraud. Yeah, apart from fraud. Or, however, so let's say Bob, Bob could have a different claim, but this claim is also not so easy to prove. But so that claim will be separate from the property. So for example, Bob can show, listen, I'm the one who paid for the property. Look, I transferred a million uh, dirhams for this property. So, and here it shows. Uh, so what Bob has is a potent, potentially a claim for, uh, for repayment of that loan. Okay. So it, but it will be considered as a loan. Right, because basically, and then Bob, it's gonna, it will be the burden will be on Bob to prove that that one million dirhams that he transferred to Amy to buy this property, in fact, was a loan, and um, that's in these kinds of cases very difficult to prove. And in any event, so let's say if Bob were successful in proving that this was a loan, he could only. Uh, ultimately request and ex- you reasonably expect the repayment of the loan and only, but not the repayment or payment of the value of the current vo- value of the property. And it wouldn't take into account that appreciation. There's no way of arguing. Correct. Because no. now, because Bob's claim uh, for Amy is not property-based, but mm-hmm. more money-based. So it's a loan. I'm giving you money, but it has nothing to do with the property. So I gave you money to, uh, to buy something for yourself. So now you have to give me that money back. And so, therefore, uh, if the property is now worth 6 million dirhams versus 1 million dirham, uh, then you can only request the money that the repayment of the money that you paid uh, or Bob paid to Amy, and that's it, and nothing related to any kind of appreciation or, or increase of, of the property. Uh, furthermore, it's an interesting argument is that also uh, loans, for example, but you could, Bob could argue, well, yes, but Amy owes me interest. And there is a, quite an interesting subject that we can talk, perhaps dedicate a separate podcast to this, uh, because we have had a few uh, questions and clients with these similar examples, and that's, can you charge interest on the loan? And the UAE crime and punishment law actually has a provision, which I think is subject to different kinds of interpretations, but ultimately there are some, there's some premise that, you, that only financial institutions that are properly licensed have the right to ultimately expect a loan. That, so therefore, you have a private parties to expect, uh, to, to loan money at interest with interest is actually illegal. So there's also that premise. And so in this particular case, if Bob wanted to uh, claim from Amy, you owe me now 
six million because the property has gone up. It's almost like, hey, listen, I give you a million, uh, but the interest uh, was you know six hundred percent or something like that. So in any event, so that yeah, that that claim also would not hold water. So uh, the the interest claim. Um, so therefore, basically, yes, the only way to own legally own and have ultimately an enforceable right and expectation of uh, a protected right is by having that property registered in your name and only. And all other arrangements are ultimately are not uh, not going to be enforced because they're because they have the effect of, of contradicting the law. And the burden really is on Bob in this case. But it's worth pointing out, isn't it, that this these two these two European expats we have changed names to uh, protect the innocent, uh, as I said earlier. But this would apply to family members, to business partners. You know, it, it applies equally, assuming a case such as this. Uh, for sure, yes. This is basically this is the general principle, and this is why we thought it would be important to talk about it. Uh, because uh, we know of a lot of arrangements like this, and people have this expectation that this will somehow be enforceable. But it doesn't matter that these, uh, in this particular case, the the parties were Europeans or any other nationality or even their standing. The legal principles are the same, and in fact, the court cited. Uh, some of the previous court of cassation cases, principles from 2009 even, uh, again, basically stating that, uh, or to the fact that the only, um, that the title deed is considered an absolute authority in, this, in the case, uh, and that the only uh, document which can be used to prove the ownership of the property is this registration uh, before a registry that's evidenced by, by a document that's called the title deed. So the only evidence of actually owning property or owning any kind of interest is, is that interest being registered in your own name. And so, and therefore in, in the context of property, a title deed is the absolute evidence of ownership and it cannot be disputed or challenged unless, unless it was based on fraud. That's another episode of Logical, this time property registration, a recent real life example, the uh, perils, the tribulations, the trials of Bob and Amy, uh, as we called them. Our legal expert, as always, Ludmilla Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Pleska. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Find us at LY Law, social media, Facebook, Instagram, here on TikTok, LinkedIn. There's a huge, ever-growing library, hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of legal matters uh, questioned and answered here in the UAE, all for free to listen to. To get your legal question answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.